Hey, this is your host, Jacob Bruce, and welcome to Underestimated, a podcast by Underdog Marketing Group. This is for all those that have been underestimated, doubted, or told they couldn't, wouldn't, or shouldn't. If that's you, tune in with us as we mix up our normal format of Underestimated for our New Year's special. Let's go! Hello and welcome to the first podcast of 2021. And today we have with us Mark Bailey, our COO at Underdog Marketing Group, as we discuss some of the good and bad heading into 2021. We're going to be trying something a little bit different today. It's kind of going to be a New Year special kind of thing. There's a lot of things we can be talking about. And uh, one of the first things we kind of want to roll into the new years there's a lot of new things happening this year we're dealing with all the things of covid hopefully we're going to be saying goodbye to it here in 2021 the browns and the buckeyes me and mark are from ohio so our teams are the cleveland browns and the buckeyes how you feel about that mark well you know first of all we talked before this and we said that we were not going to talk about COVID, and it took all of 20 seconds I know. <laughs> for COVID to come up. I, it's going to be impossible to not bring it up. It's been such a big deal uh, through 2020. We're both incredibly excited for it to be gone, because, yeah. uh, and we're going to get into this more, I'm sure, but it has been a challenge to everyone, especially in business on every front. So, But let's talk about something more exciting, the Browns and the Buckeyes. <laughs> now the Buckeyes I anticipated the Browns I was hopeful but I've been hopeful for like well like 18 years since the last time they were in the playoffs um <laughs> well five years old let's just right back to COVID um Browns finally get in the playoffs they got to play the rival uh-huh. our rival the team that has had our number oh yeah and we got to go at it without our head coach why okay. COVID Starting okay. wide receiver, starting guard, they're out as well. And who knows how many, once they do the contact tracing, how yeah. many more people are going to be out. I, I, you know, I, I did hear today they felt that it was um, community spread, so they don't feel it's in the team. So that's a, a good thing. But at the same time, not having their head coach, it's a young team, uh, you know, first-year head coach. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to be optimistic. Say go Browns and, uh, man, get the W. Go get it, and maybe That's we'll right. get maybe we'll get Baltimore in the second round. You never know. I don't. I don't really know how the matchups go. Um, I believe we can't play Baltimore. Okay, until, so it'd be the championship. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, and it, what a better underdog story. I oh, mean, for sure. So this is our favorite team in the NFL, and uh, I definitely think it represents who we are. Um, yeah. Eighteen years of struggle. Um, you can even go further back to fumble the drive, making it to. Mm almost to the Super Bowl and blowing it twice. Um, I wasn't alive back then, but. Bringing up tough memories from my childhood. <laughs> no doubt. So, I hate John Elway. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the Buckeyes even, um, you know, even though they're usually good every year, they are going to be an underdog in this game. There's no doubt about it. Um, Alabama has been absolutely on fire. Tough. Absolutely. Team to beat. But the Buckeyes shocked the world by absolutely decimating Clemson. I absolutely. love it. Trevor Lawrence, clear-cut number one NFL draft, and, and Fields is just sitting there going, hey, guys, what about me? And then he put on a show. That absolutely. was awesome. 
And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. That's coming up, what, Monday, right? Here, just a, yeah, just under a week, yeah. So, and then Sunday we got the Cleveland Brown yeah. game. It's going to be exciting for sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. And, you know, that's just one of the things coming in 21. I think it's one of the best starts we could have, and uh, hopefully COVID won't ruin this for us um, and have too much of an impact on our, on our brownies. Yeah. But um, there's sure. plenty of other things, and that's kind of what I want to kind of no start doubt. off today's episode is it's a New Year special. So what a better way yeah. to start it is talking about these things. I want to get personal, into the business a little bit, and just trying to – kick out the traditional side of we only have to talk about business we're going to talk about it it's a big part of our life but we can get personal a little bit and you know so what are some things that you got going on coming into 2021 that uh kind of mean a lot to you yeah i you know we've talked before about just how we are an interesting match and yeah um you know here you are just married um just starting into that part of your life and i am looking at my youngest child who's <laughs> only a handful of years younger than you. Yeah. Um, you know, possibly looking at moving out. They actually, I don't know the details to this cause she's 19. And so you know how it is at 19, she's not really talking to me a whole lot. Yeah. She's ready to move out. She's ready to move into that part of her life. And I heard today that they were going her and, and her boyfriend, they were going today to I think something about picking up the ring or maybe doing something with getting it sized. I I don't know. I I, I didn't hear. Um, I don't know the details. She was excited about a big wedding, but now she's starting to move towards, you know what? Uh, Maybe it's just not worth it. You know, maybe let's just make things a little smaller. And so some of the stuff that she was excited about, she's kind of leaning more. I, I think she's maturing. I'll be honest with you. I think she's growing up a little bit. And so, yeah, but yeah, she's, um, you know, things are going to happen fast. I can tell that. And so once they're engaged and the wedding will be, well, I wouldn't be surprised if it was this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And so that means me and my wife are moving into, uh, empty nest, but we don't view it that way at all. Our marriage has been good and wonderful and strong and we're, absolutely best friends there's nobody i'd rather do stuff with than my wife yeah. and so we can't wait matter of fact i think we might throw a party we might be having a party <laughs> you're invited jacob um we're just going to invite everybody over right. and just celebrate that next part of our life where we feel like we deserve to engage yeah. in that time of our That's life awesome. i mean to revisit our marriage when I married her, she had, you know, my son is my stepson as far as yeah. um, biologically. So, you know, he was four years old. We've never been a couple without kids. And wow. so we're excited to just endeavor into that. It only gets me like hearing that, like just every aspect of who we are from partner to our personal life, seeing the opposite of how it is, yeah. but how cool it is, how it comes together. Cause I like me and my wife this year is going to be four years of marriage. Right. And we're still talking about all the things we want to do as young lovers, you yeah. know, the things we want to see, the things we want to do, the vacations we want to take, just enjoying each other. And, you know, right now the kids aren't on the radar till potentially right. late 20s. So it's just like, it's so funny hearing the yeah. different phases of. I know so I'm cool. a grandpa. I'm a grand. <laughs> I have two, two granddaughters yeah that's crazy uh that's awesome 
But I, I just think that makes it all the more exciting. Well, speaking of personal, what are some personal goals? You mm, have? My goodness. Um, you know, we're, we are Christians first. Absolutely. And so, you know, as, as Christians, that's got to be at the, at the front of my desires of what I want to do with my life. And, you know, every year you come in with new expectations for that year. You know, last year was the same. You know, I want this year to be my year. (laughs) Ironically, the year 2020, the year of vision, and none of us saw COVID coming. So, um, you know, sometimes things like that just happen. And so I look at 2021 and, you know, I, I am worried. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's coming with COVID. Here we go with COVID again. Yeah. Um, there's new things on the, on the horizon with COVID. They, it's just on an unknown. Yeah. Um, I want this year to be better. Last year was tough. It, it was, it tried me from a spiritual standpoint, from a Christian standpoint. And in some regards, I failed. Now on some, it was, it opened my eyes in a way that I don't think could have happened any other way. So this could be a year that has great growth because of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I look forward to that. Um, financially, oh, my goodness. I'll try not to say the name of the company I work for, but I need out. I do. I, I, it's not even about the money. It's about, it's about the vision you've shared. It's about the, the, you know, listening to you talk over and over about, you know, not just owning your own business, but doing something incredible, yeah. doing something that has a lasting legacy, doing something that impacts the world, that, yeah. that changes people's lives. And that really is what can happen through any type of business endeavor. If your heart and your mind's in the right spot, and I'll be honest with you, you got me completely on board with that vision. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, getting on board with or, or getting full time mm-hmm. in underdog is it's like almost priority one. Yeah. Um, it, you know, yeah, there's still a lot of fears there. I just hit 20 years in the company I work for. And so there's a sense of being vested. There's the fear of walking away. Yeah. But at the same time, we only live once. I only have one life. And I can't let the fear of what appears to be security, yeah. good job, good insurance, all the things everybody talks about. Um, even one of the few companies that has a pension, you know, so there's a retirement there. Yeah. I can't let that stuff make me afraid. Absolutely. I, I got to take this step. I got to do this. I'll regret it terribly if, yeah. if I were to, you know, for some reason say I can't do this. And so, and quite honestly, I'm, we're past that. We've talked about this. I'm beyond it. I'm so ready. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, got to make it happen. That's the thing. I I feel it. You know, you talked about like you're on board. That that feeling that you mentioned that I have. You know, it just last year wasn't the perfect year. It was definitely a big year. Um, I definitely was. It was one of the better ones in my opinion for me personally. In the sense of, it wasn't any better financially necessarily we gotten a little bit more secure um, because we reinvested everything. The underdog was able to even potentially give a, we just threw it right back into business. Right. Um, but I just go to bed at night sometimes. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. And, you know, maybe some of our listeners get the, it just, 
you go to bed and my stomach hurts. It's like literally like this. If you've ever gone a couple days without eating or two days without eating on a fast or something, that feeling of your stomach hurts or, and you just have this longing for a cheeseburger or you've been on this diet where you've only eaten salads and kale and you're just longing for a nice fat cheeseburger or that Reese cup. It's that feeling, but just for this, I just want to do something. I want to make it big. I want to, I want that big break. And it's what causes me to get up at four in the morning and work a 12 hour day right. or, you know, in the past, um, a 24 hour day, just intentionally working over 24 hours. And it's just literally this hunger to get there, to get to that place that me and you are talking about where we can run with this thing, yeah, get you on sure. full time. Mm-hmm. And it, it literally hurts. Like it's just one of those things where I, I see a situation where, um, in Africa, they talk about the wells and people are dying because of something as stupid as clean water. That yeah. makes me so angry. Yeah. And it's something like that where it's just like, I wish I could help. I hate that phrase. When a missionary comes and they're on deputy leave, for the listeners that don't know what that means, um, a lot of missionaries, they'll come back from the country that they're ministering in and they have to travel and preach and to raise money to go back to fund their, their mission work. And what's so frustrating is those two years they're on deputy raising yeah. money, their people are without a pastor. That's right. And it makes me so angry that I sit there and just, with myself, and I sit there and I go, I wish I could help. I wish I could contribute. I wish I could stop a missionary from having to come back home and raise money. Yeah. Like that is not their call. They're called to, to be there ministering right. to the country they're in, not raising money. Yeah. And the word I wish just eats me alive. And I can't wait for the day that me and you both can do those kind of things, um, even just for our family, just yeah. ways that we can make their lives easier and provide those things that we know that our wives deserve, that our kids deserve. And you know, I love the fact that, that you know, while it's our dream to uh, part of this is the dream and some of it is just being able to do some special things for ourselves. But yeah. I love the fact that both of us, our minds instantly go to um, – other, other yeah. people, other places, other situations. Again, I'll keep restating this. We are Christians first. And yeah. so our minds go there. You know, we yeah. can say we're Christians, but, but the proof is in what we do and how we think. And when we look at the possibility of having large sums of money and the first thing we think of is how we can impact the kingdom of God yeah. and, and people worldwide in terms of, of not just, not just, things concerning Christianity, but also just humanitarian, just helping people, what you just talked about, yeah. um, being able to step in and it's no longer, I wish I could, but now it's, let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. And it's one of the core values of underdog yeah. community. Yeah. And that's not just talking about our local community, the global community, the Christian community, yep. whatever, anybody around us, how can we help? How can we be assistant? And that's just what we're here for. Right. I can't wait for the day where, you know, Obviously, I don't want it to happen, but a hurricane hits a yeah. certain area of the community. Yeah, because we know it's inevitable, yeah. right? Certain things like that happen, and we could say, okay, let's fund one of our video contractors. Let's send them down and work with the local businesses and help raise money for them. And we do a video campaign, stuff like that. Yeah. That, wow. There's going to be a day where we can do those kind of things, and yeah. the company going to fund it. But when you think like that, the, the possibilities are, are almost oh, yeah. limitless. Mm-hmm. Or whatever we can dream up. For sure. Um, now, speaking of dreams, <laughs> kind of want to move on a little bit to the transition. Mm. I think that's a huge part 
for what's going on in 2021. Um, as most of you know that's been listening to the Path 2 podcast and the series that we have, and if you know us personally, um, we're hoping in the first quarter of this year we're going to have Mark on full-time. And there's some financial goals we got to hit to make that happen, um, to make sure it's a safe transition. That way Mark can continue to provide for his family. Um, but it's a big transition. And Mark, I kind of want to hear, what are some of your feelings? What's going through your mind is, I mean, it's January 5th. We hit a goal of here, I believe it was January 15th, 18th, within a couple of those days, that the Friday of that week, we were going to have you on full time. And we're not ruling out that that's not possible still. But what are your feelings? <laughs> we're not ruling it out, but uh, um, if you've ever heard the word miracle, that's what we're going to need right now. It, it's very difficult. I, I believe we would have been there already. Um, we, we, we had tremendous opportunities late last year that COVID <laughs> just rolled right over. Yeah. Um, and so, you know... Um, so I think, now you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, so I'm not sure, but if we took all the years of college that you have in terms of business and added them to all the years of college that I have in terms of business, I think we come up with zero. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I never went to college for business. I right. went for three years for communications and marketing. Which so. has been beneficial. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it has. I, I don't want to sit here and stomp on uh, college or anything like that. But at the same time, uh, we are uniquely qualified. Yeah. But it definitely makes us fit for the company. Hmm. It makes us fit to be underdogs. You know, I, I'm worried, concerned. Yeah. Um, as I definitely have the mind of the COO. And so, you know... There's a tendency towards, especially my personality type, give me more information, give me more information. I don't like operating without really knowing. Yeah. And I am stepping into this feeling as a result of that very underprepared, very under-equipped uh, to succeed. So there's those fears combined with the fears, as I alluded to earlier, of walking away from my current job. Yeah. And, um, you know, just the comforts of that. You get used to, I mean, it's 20 years. I've been living this way almost my entire adult life, a certain lifestyle. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I'd be lying if I said there weren't fears and worries. I would be, yeah. It, it, there's no sense in even trying to just put on the, I'm excited and ready to go face. Yeah. I think it's critical to embrace all this because when the time comes, it's one thing to say, I'm, I'm committed, I'm ready. Yeah. But when we finally land that, that one, you know, that one contract or, or whatever it may be, and it's like, Hey, we can do this. Mm. I have to go into my work and I have to, to go get the necessary paperwork. And I have to make that walk down that long hallway. And I have to talk to whoever the lady is. I, I believe it's, it's a woman, um, about, yeah, you know, quitting my job. And that, I don't even know what that's going to feel like, but I'll bet it's going to be intimidating. I'll mm -hmm. bet there's going to be a lot of fears and worries. That's when it's really going to hit because it's going to be really real that day. Yeah. Having said all that, I know that this is the right thing to do. I know not, not just 
not just in my gut or in my feeling or in my excitement or, you know, you only live once, as I said earlier, but I mean, yeah, as I said, we're Christians first. And I believe this to be in the, the will of God. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, the whole idea here is if it's not the will of God, why would I want to do it? Yeah. But if it is the will of God, why would I not? How could I not? Yeah. And, you know, to take it even one step further, as I know you and I have talked, why wait? As soon as we see by the books that it's possible, let's go. Because that's the fastest way we're going to get to where we want to go. Yeah. And, um, you know, so um, I I think my feelings on it are, I, I think that sums it up well. There's a lot of emotion. Yeah all the way around and it's different from day to day from moment to moment i am so grateful i look at my wife and i say honey what do you think about this and i mean she looks at me with 100 percent trust she looks at me with you've taken care of me all these years i'm not going to start doubting you now and my wife has always believed that i literally can do anything that I put my mind to. She is my biggest fan and supporter. And, you know, sometimes it's like, ah, why do you believe in me so much? Yeah. You know, but um, I appreciate that tremendously. Yeah. That's funny that you say that. My wife, you know, I think, I mean, you know that more than anybody, or not more than anybody, um, more than most people. Um, ever since I've been out of high school. So I got a job with a painter. He left, gave me a month to find a job. And then I started a painting business yeah. and I just been taking my wife down this wild road of entrepreneurship <laughs> for the past four years of just different things. And it prepped me for this moment. Yeah. I've gotten, gotten to put everything I learned in college and marketing towards and put it into real life action, what I'm meaning to say. And uh, now that we're starting a marketing company, I got all the college information that I had accumulated, if that's what you want to say. Um, and got to put it in a real life application. But my wife, through that whole process, I mean, literally just eating dirt the whole way there. Um, time where we had no cars, both of them broke down. Yeah. And, you know, by a miracle of God, um, we were able to get some money. Um, a couple helped us out. They saw the situation and God impressed on them to give us some money. Mm-hmm. And with the little that we had, we were able to go buy a car. Now with Squat Cops, my fir- my second business's first uh, company vehicle. Um, that's how we were able to get it. But anyways, I mean, just up and down. And the whole time, I just, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And it's just like, at certain times, they're just like, why? <laughs> You're out of yeah. your mind. You're <laughs> right. about as dumb as I am right now, like going up and down this road. But you know, through it all, just having that faith of we're going to make it. We're going to. And that's what makes me so excited about this transition. It's just, you know, just the faith that we're going to make it work. You know, it's mind blowing to me right there is hearing you talk about just the, cause I, I watched it. Okay. That's not just me hearing it for the first time. I got to see yeah. um, some of this, but from, you know, a slightly different perspective, but I, I watched you walk away from, you know, we, we were briefly there for a time in school together, um, you know, purpose Institute. Yeah. And we were both in that same, that same class where God just moved and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people felt very moved to give. And in spite of all the stuff you just talked about, you gave away a car. <laughs> yeah. I mean. My wife definitely looked at me a little uh, funny. I can day. only imagine. But, you know, I mean, that's that's just it. I, I, 
I just feel it's it's good to emphasize we're not just Christians first in thought. Yeah. We take this serious and, and absolutely we are Christians in action. Yeah. You felt moved to give somebody in need a car, <laughs> which technically you could have gave it to yourself because you were in need. Um, but uh, you did it, you know, and God provided. That's the beauty of it is that he was faithful and, you know, yeah. you gave and he he, he saw that. Yeah, and a month later, a truck broke down. That's right. Wow. Didn't have a car. But then within a month and a half, though, yeah, somebody provided the fund yep. to go get a better so, car. So, I mean, did you feel when the truck broke down, did you feel like, uh, hey, God, didn't you see I just gave my car away? <laughs> there was a moment like that where, like, um, long story short, I can't fix cars, so yeah. I made it worse, the situation. <laughs> it was already a goner. Right. But at one point, won't get into all the details just because of the time that we have caught on fire at a gas station wow so i'm getting ready to go grab the fire extinguisher and i'm rebuking the fire in jesus name <laughs> like uh, like god please don't wow. don't let me blow up the gas station yeah right and so rebuked it in jesus name thankfully it died before i even needed the fire extinguisher um but an afterward a nightmare just began yeah. but at first there was the frustration of like you gotta be kidding me but then quickly it turned into like you know, God, I know you told me to give that car away. Right. Like, there was a clear right. voice that told me to do it. And it's just like, obviously, this is a part of something that you have in store for me. And I've always been a firm believer is if you have a story where everything goes right, it's going to be a boring one. Yeah. And I want one well, that's going to be exciting mm. to tell to my kids Very true. and to my grandkids. And it's going to include some ups and downs. And it's something they're going to want to listen to. And hopefully it'll, it'll inspire those that I get to tell it to. But if I just have the story of, yeah, I just started a business and started making millions in a few months, like, how does that inspire anybody? And then that's just not how it is. So they're going to start the business and they're going to be like, oh, well, this isn't going how Jacob did it, so I give up. They need to realize that starting a business and the journey of being an entrepreneur is hard. It's years of hard work. Right. You're probably going to fail the first couple of times. And then finally, you're going to get your big break. Yeah. But those that continue to persist, are going to win. I believe that's a biblical concept. I was just talking about this with somebody the other day, and I think this fits so well into our transition. The, the theme of the is um, this idea that you can't just, they were blaming God, essentially. Like, why can't I move forward? And like, mm. you know, I pay my tithes, I do all this stuff, and God will not honor it. Like, and I tried to bring up, you know, but you're not doing anything. You pay your tithes, like, yeah, that's awesome, and God's going to honor it, and maybe make sure that you can eat. But if all you do is put in a bare minimum in life, you're going to yeah. get the bare minimum. Right. But you've got to put in an extra effort. You've got to continue to march forward and thrive for the bigger and better things. And I believe everybody that you look at in the Bible, so Abraham, the extremely wealthy and rich man, yeah. he didn't get that herd because sheep just started coming to him. Right. He built something. He continued to lay foundation for his enterprise, if that's what you want to call it. Right. But he built this massive amount of wealth. Um, through hard work and the blessing and an anointing of God. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. And I think that's what we're doing right here. We're moving in faith Yeah. and we're putting our, our action where our mouth is. Yeah, for sure. Which kind of brings us up before we move into the next one though. um, What are some obstacles that you're kind of worried about? So, we're going to be kind of moving into another point that kind of hits what we just talked about. But I really kind of want to hear from you. Are there any obstacles that specifically kind of worry you a little bit coming up on this transition? 
do I dare say COVID? <laughs> um, it's reality. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think COVID is just going to slow things down. Yeah. Um, obstacles. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't believe wholeheartedly yeah. that, that what we do is, uh, I mean, it's recession proof. It's, Apparently it's not completely COVID proof, you know, but, but I don't know that any businesses, you know, we, yeah. the whole country just kind of had to take a step back for a minute. Um, but the obstacles to me are solely going to lie within me as a person, as um, h- how do I go forward? How big am I willing to see? Um, how, how passionately am I going to do my job? Yeah. You know, my work, I've got to, step in as I, I said earlier about being a COO and feeling um, just under equipped or not knowing what to do. So how much am I going to step in and be passionate about getting up to speed about yeah. learning about knowing all the ins and outs of the business? I may not be uh, as good as you are on some of the stuff. It's your passion. It's th- this is the thing you love yeah. to do as far as you know, work, if you want to call it that in your life. I don't know if I'll ever be that way. And quite honestly, as a COO, I don't need to be that level of passionate about that part of what we do. Yeah, exactly. I need to be passionate about all the behind the scenes stuff, all the, you know, what holds the whole business together that nobody sees and knows about. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's who I am. Yeah. That's kind of clarify to our audience just a little Mm -hmm. bit when you talk about the personality of a COO and you keep bringing up some of these things to kind of dumb it down. COO (laughs) just think really nerdy (laughs) and like super analytical and the boring people with the numbers that say like, chill out, bro. The budget won't allow us to do that. Right. They're the guy that's always saying no. (laughs) That's right. That's what I was going to say. The answer is no. And then the COO stereotypically is, a little bit more free spirited. You mean the CEO? Let, let's get this straight. You said COO. Oh, it's, CEO. Yeah, yeah CEO. Uh huh. Uh huh. I was just mm-hmm. gonna edit it like I do the other <laughs> one. <laughs> um, but CEO is just more so that person that just constantly head in a cloud. They're dreaming. They're they're looking at what's the next big thing. How can we continue to? They're envisioning in the future, and the COO is gonna be there to kind of like chill. Like let <laughs> right. We're in the present right now, and yeah. Um, and so it blend perfectly though. It's oh yeah, for sure. I mean, our personalities are completely fit to um, these two types and, and, um, but yeah, I, I think the obstacle there for me is just going to be how well and how fast and how passionate I am about getting in there and yeah. making it happen. The other things I, I don't, I don't foresee a lot of difficult obstacles. I don't see a lot of I mean, I, I, I suppose on a personal, from a personal standpoint, I, I don't know. There's an unknown of where my wife's health is going to go. Yeah. There is that. Um, yeah. And, and, and so there could be some things that, that it could pull on me and draw me, not, not just uh, physically or time-wise, but also emotionally, mentally, yeah. where my thought is. Um, you know, just keeping my my train of thought in its proper place, yeah. being able to balance, you know, I got to make sure that my wife doesn't feel neglected. She doesn't feel, I mean, she's already going to be dealing with enough, uh, just emotions and insecurities just because of dealing with MS. 
Yeah. And then on top of that, um, we are transitioning into a different time. Like I, I'm a guy. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm dad and husband to me. This is just an exciting time. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been raising my kids. I raised my kids so that they could be adults, so that they could be married, so they could have their own lives. Yeah. But I can tell that there's at least part of this with my wife that she's like, my last baby. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it. And so, yeah. um, you know, I have to be mindful of that and make sure that when we move into this time of our life, it's not me suddenly being gone all the time. Yeah. Uh, but taking proper time and being intentional about us just spending time together and doing things. Yeah. Another underdog core value family. Yeah. Right. Family. Centered sure. Um, but kind of bringing up those obstacles, I think it kind of transitions us a little bit into our third and final talking point is, you know, who we are as underdog. We talked a lot about, um, this transition and, um, the underdog mentality that need to take place to make it happen and all these obstacles we have to overcome and some of these obstacles that we've already overcome. And so um, I really want to take some time to just kind of talk a little bit about what being an underdog means to us. It's, an, it's ingrained in our name, Underdog Marketing Group, and it's there for a reason. Me personally, I'm obsessed with underdogs. I just love a story where you see nobody turn into somebody, whether that's the Patriots at Concord at the beginning of the American Revolution and seeing where we are as a nation now and how much we've grown. Classic underdog story. From the Cleveland Brown, my whole life I've watched this team just suck. Like literally, I grew up watching a sucky team and I've been disappointed my entire life. you know, we, we had one of the best tackles in the NFL, in NFL history, Joe Thomas. I'm so frustrated that he had to be on a crappy team, my favorite player. And here we are hit, hitting the playoffs, and the only thing that sucks about it is a piece of me just like I wish Joe Thomas could be there for it. Yeah. But anyways, watching this crappy team finally have a spotlight and the opportunity that we could transition to something bigger. You know, I love when we drafted, before we drafted, Baker Mayfield at the Columbine. He said, or not Columbine, the Combine. Um, <laughs> well, they got dark real quick. But the Combine where he said, if Cleveland draft me, I will turn the organization around. All they need is a great quarterback to turn this organization around. I will be the one. He had that underdog mentality. He wanted to be on a losing team. He wanted to turn an organization around. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff. And uh, that's why our company called Underdog um, just because simply I think it fits our story well. And especially now if we continue not just my story, but now yours. As you come on as a partner, as COO, your story is a part of that. So in short, I kind of talked a little bit about it for me. What's underdog mean to you, that name? You know, um, when I was a freshman in high school, I played on the basketball team. And we played a team. I'm sure you're familiar with Jacob Manchester. Yep. And um, they beat us twice during the regular season. As mm-hmm. a basketball team, we were mediocre. And they beat us by like seven or eight points both times. We played them in the playoffs in the first round. And we came in. I mean, everybody just assumed Manchester was going to win. They were playing well. Um, yeah. They seemed to have a superior team. And right off the bat, the mentality was different. And there was a sense of we're the underdogs, and so we have nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. And and, and it changes you. Mm-hmm. When you come in with a mentality of I have nothing to lose. Yeah. 
No one expects me to win. No one expects me to do anything here. Yeah. We're, we're going to put up a good show, but we're going to lose. And so when we went out to play, we went out with a different mindset. Yeah. We, we took risks. Um, we, you know, I, 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 I was given the task of guarding their biggest athlete, not their best player, but he was their best athlete. Yeah. This kid's 5'10", and I watched him in pregame dunking the ball, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the, whole, the whole entire game, I scored two points. The whole game I scored two points, or the whole f- uh, f- four quarters of the game. Yeah. At the end of the game, we had it won, and our coach made a mistake. And it cost us our win. The other team was able to tie the game and send it to overtime. We should have folded. We did exactly what we were expected to do. We were about to pull off the crazy upset, but then we figured out a way to blow it because that's what we were expected to do. And so we should have folded right there. Mm -hmm. But the mentality was, guys, it, it, we're still in this, and we still have nothing to lose. Yeah. Everybody expects them to come out here and take this in overtime. Mm. So let's go give them everything we've got. Yeah. And I scored um, 13 points because I wow. finished with 15. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. I scored 13 points in overtime. The, the team, by rights, left played loose defense on me. And wow. so I was the open guy, and I kept making shots. And the end of the game, and this is something every person needs to experience in their life, a coach called timeout. We went over. Coach says, Bailey, here's what's going to happen. And I, I'm not going to go through it, but he told me exactly what their inbound play was going to be. And he said, when you see this guy break towards the top of the key, you run as fast as you can towards him and pick that ball off going full speed the other way. I was like, okay. And so sure enough, the play unfolded just like he said. Okay. I did exactly what he said. That kid threw a bounce pass in, and I picked it off going full speed. Wow. Um, and earlier in the season against Manchester, I had had a similar play, and I blew a wide-open layup. That was embarrassing. But in this case, I, I run down the court, and I went to go up for the layup, and the kid, all he could do was foul me, so he grabbed me and pulled me, and I made the shot. And we were only up by one. Wow. So I made the bucket. We were up by three. I got the and one, and I made that foul shot. And when it went in, I knew right then, not only did we win, but we pulled off the upset as the underdog. Wow. And it was one of the greatest feelings in the world. And it's, you know, I mean, that was all, that was 30 years ago, and I will never forget it. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the underdog has that, that sense to it. Yeah. The, when you're picked, when you're favored to win, the winning feels good. Yeah. But when you're not favored to win, when you're not favored to succeed and you win, there is not a greater feeling, or at least there's none. It, it matches every great feeling. Yeah. It's tremendous. And so I think for me, you know, that's part of the underdog. When you're coming in and no one expects you to make it, no one expects you to succeed. Yeah. When you do, it's just, mm, it pumps you up. And I don't get how more people, like, sometimes I just wish I could, you could explain that. Like, you could just magically put that thought and let it just click, if that makes sense, that light bulb to go off. Um, as a youth pastor, sometimes there's certain pieces of my youth group that I just wish they could just get it. Like, man, yeah. nobody expects anything out of you right now. And that's the best position to be in. You're, you're doubted, you're underestimated, and man, what a better, there's no better place to be. Right. Because when... If you mess up, nobody cares. They expected it. Like, it's not like they think less of you. 
But if you win, man, how like you mentioned, it's an, an incredible feeling. It's yeah. it's amazing. Um, I think one of the greatest feelings in business, even. Um, I started the painting business. Nothing but doubt and you know criticism and. You know, I had a few supporters throughout the way. A few people that are just like, man, the kid's going places. But for the most part, I just overwhelmed with, what are you doing? All right. that, uh, you need to go back to college. You need the this. You need the that. All these things. Everybody had something to say about the future. And then started squat cops. I remember even a squat cop would bring in a fairly good amount of money that most people, making more than, you know, most people I would say, um, now on average are making, um, that I could be pulling in for myself, but I kept reinvesting in company. And a family member came up to me and says, Hey, what do you think about getting into finances? Like, uh, <laughs> do you know me? Like not a chance. I hate math. I hate that, that yeah. nerd stuff. Like you're only, out of your mind. Only if you want to be miserable. Right. Yeah. But they wanted, th- and they, they did it with good intention. Yeah. And it was this attitude of like, you know, here's a safe route for you. To yeah, where you yeah. can, you know, you can make a good amount of money. You can have a nice home. You can this and that. And I just like, you don't get it. Like, I don't want the average okay lifestyle. Right. I want to go big. I want to I wanna put it all on the table and never have to say, I wish again. I hate that word. And I never, I've removed it from my vocabulary. Instead of saying, I wish now, it's now, how am I going to make it happen? So if I want this thing in my, I want a cyber truck, mm-hmm. all right? That truck's going to cost like sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000. How am I going to make it happen? Yeah. I can't afford it right now, but how can I make it happen? I put down the down payment for one um, to get my name in the lineup for production because my mentality is how am I going to make it happen? Right. There's no I wish anymore. So every dream I have has become how can I? But anyways, you did under, um, toward the end of Squat Cop, all of a sudden it was everybody would wanting to talk about it. So I would get at a, a family get together or hanging out with some friends and somebody would say, oh, he owns this company. Isn't this so cool? Right. Like man doesn't, and they would lead it off like hey, he has such a bright future. And that feeling of, you know, and I'm not gonna lie, a little piece of that pride, like lighting up <laughs> <Right. laughs> of from the, all the doubt to finally people see something. And then now if we start underdog, the doubt's gone for the most part. Most people now seeing what I was able to create with Squat Cop. Um, for those of you who don't know, the dog poop removal business right. <laughs> that I started. At one point, we had one to two employees, um, and we were able to build that. But because I was able to do that, and now where we're getting with Squat Cop or Underdog, um, working with a professional baseball player to multi-million-dollar companies, to uh, all these different things, right. people's eyes are now going, huh? Yeah, like there's no more doubt. But that feeling now is like. And I wish I could just share that with everybody because it, I was a nobody. We were all nobody. Like yeah, sitting there, right. I mean, even you, Mark, I mean, just yeah. a, temp, a steel worker for that's right. 20 something years. Like, yeah. And now here you have the opportunity to be a CEO of a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. Like things are shifting, but all it takes is the willingness to jump forward. That's what all underdog is all about. Yep, for sure. And I kind of add to that just a little bit. That's what's so special about this name in the end. As we grow, one day, you know, I would love the, the dream of being a $100 million company. And then from there, we can start dreaming Fortune 500, things like that. But as we're going towards that, even once we're a big, humongous company, we're going to look back 
and that name's still going to represent us. We're going to sit there and we're going to have that humble origin story. And my goal is that that underdog name is there to still inspire everybody. Yeah. So when everybody's sitting there, so you're an underdog, you represent the underdog, like what's going on? Like, right. because you're making millions of dollars. Right. It's like, no, we're here to inspire the underdog. Like it, it's never been about us. You know, we're all about servitude. Like we all, all we want to do is serve and we want to inspire. And so that's what the company's here for. Yeah. That's what that name represents is that to raise up another generation of underdogs. Right. So, I love it. Anyways, as we're wrapping up, we're running short on time. We're about to hit 45 minutes. Real quickly, give you like a minute, super quick. If you had to take one thing from this transition, this underdog story, and you wanted your kids, somebody in the church or in our audience, if you wanted them to get one thing to inspire them, what would it be? Um, wow. Yeah, big question. Tough. Be safe. Be smart. You know, think about your decisions, but then go for it. Mm. Take the risk. Take the chance. Yeah. Figure out how. Find a way. It's it's not, I understand, it's not always possible. Yeah. But sometimes, or most of the time, it's not possible because we don't think it is. Yeah. And all it takes is for you to think that a thing is possible and then you can do it. And so go for it, yeah. go for it. It just, it, it's too, it's too important to just throw your life away. And I don't want to say throw your life away. It's just, that's the way it feels to me Yeah, that I settled. I settled for my job. It's mm-hmm. been great. And I've been thankful for it. I've been thankful for the provisions and, and just how it's allowed me to live. But I threw it away. I had the heart of the entrepreneur. I had the heart of, of a CEO, COO, and I compromised it. And yeah. so don't compromise that. If you feel it, go for it. I love it. I think that was the most COO beginning of the end. Be safe. Be, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, right. I think that's why it's so awesome to have your voice in that because me, <laughs> I normally just dive right into the, right. just throw it all on the table, go for it, gamble right. it. And then it just, you like play it safe. Like, right. And then like, <laughs> so I, I definitely see the difference in our personalities, yeah. but I love the piece where you're just talking about you know, don't compromise. I think that's my biggest fear in life. It's like, don't want to yeah. hit the end of my life and I have regret. I wish I never want to sit there on my deathbed and have to say, I wish, I wish I could have spent more time with my wife. I wish I could have given more of my time to the church or to this charity that I have near and dear to my heart to the cause. Um, and I think that's what's so awesome about that. Don't yeah. compromise on that. If you have that vision, that, that conviction in your heart, go for it. Right. What do you got to lose? Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end this. You no, know, thank cool. you for coming out, Mark. Um, you know, I my think pleasure. you kind of have to anyways, cause you're the COO. So. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. we're going to kind of wrap this up and we're going to go ahead and cue the outro. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, we're so grateful to have you guys as listeners. If you haven't listened to our past podcast, get on it. They're awesome. Um, it gets a little bit more in detailed. Mark talked about his wife, her situation. He kind of goes a little bit more detailed of that. You can hear her perspective and his, um, we go from our origin story. You can hear more of that. Um, So if you haven't, you're missing out, take the time, go back, episode one and two, Spotify, Amazon Music, all the major platforms. Other than that, 
Have a great day. Cue the outro. Go Browns. O-H. I-O. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to Underestimated, a podcast by Underdog Marketing Group. Join us every other week on every major podcasting platform, including Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and soon TikTok under the app Underestimated the Podcast. This is your host, Jacob Bruce. Have a great week. We'll see you next time on Underestimated.